podcast, baby. Hassan Around. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Listen, share, subscribe. You know that already. But I'm happy you're here today. I'm happy you're here. I got uh, I got some news. I got some news. This is episode number 20 of Hassan Around. Episode number 20. Huge milestone. Over 2,500 streams. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, in celebration of that, you know, my team, the Hassan Around team and I have discussed, uh, and it's time to put out some merch. It's time that we have some merch available for the fans to share their love, to spread the word, to keep making the world a funnier place. It's time. It's time. So be on the lookout. I've got some news about merch coming up here in the next couple weeks. Uh, but episode number 20, huge. we got some merch coming along, a big merch drop. Be ready. So excited to have you in here today with me. Hossing around, new story to tell. A story that not everybody may have heard from my first point of view, which is the Boston Marathon. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about, I'm not bragging. I ran the Boston Marathon in 2019. Not a, not a brag. Not a brag whatsoever. Um, but it, it was, it, there's a story to tell with it because, because there is. There is, and I'm going to share it with you today. But it's, the reason why I'm bringing it up now is because you know, we're 10 days, less than 10 days away from the Boston Marathon. We also have Chicago and New York marathons also coming up here in the next couple of weeks. I have a dear friend, Nicole Yora. Good luck. She's running Chicago in a couple of weeks. Very excited for her. Uh, she's been training hard. And all the other marathon runners out there that have been training, I'm so excited for you to feel the energy on that marathon day and go out and make it happen. So shout out. Congrats. Getting back to my marathon experience, 2019, the last time the Boston Marathon was run. Can you believe that? Screw you, COVID. We already know. It was miserable. Marathon was miserable. The experience, the entire experience, before, during, and after. Miserable for me. It was. It was. I have to be honest, right? The only part that wasn't miserable is the reason for running. Okay? Didn't qualify. (laughs) Haas ain't fast enough to qualify for the Boston Marathon. Let me tell you. He ain't fast enough. But I did qualify because I was able to, I was, I qualified through a charity. So when you're not fast enough, <laughs> or you're not a marathon runner, which I am not, you go through a charity. And the charity that I selected was, I got through my company, I've got the contact, Metro Housing Boston. Metro Housing Boston, helping with housing for lower income, less privileged individuals, homelessness. They, they help subsidize housing. They work so hard. Uh, and that's in the greater Boston area. It's, they, they, their office is in Boston, but they, they serve the greater Boston area inside the 95-128 belt. Phenomenal work. And I'm so thankful for all my friends, family, supporters, company. $17,000 I raised. $17,000 I raised for Metro Housing Boston for their emergency homelessness fund. So shout out to Metro Housing Boston for the work that they do. Shout out to my friends and family for helping me out. That made the miserable experience of the marathon that much better for me. So thank you. Now let's get to where we were, right? Before, during, after, miserable. Miserable. Not being a curmudgeon. It was miserable. It was. It was. There's no other way to state it. There's no other way to state it. The training aspect. Okay, three to, you have to dedicate three, you literally have to dedicate three to four months of your life. You cannot do anything else but train. Train, eat the right way, and just stretch, yoga, all that good stuff. My training consisted of three runs a week and then typically three spin classes. I know now what I'm getting into if I ever go into a spin class again, obviously. I had never been in one. Boy, what an experience that is. 
and up, down, out of the saddle, and sprint, and sprint. Meanwhile, this music is just playing in the back. It is an EDM concert. It's a it's a bumping concert while on a stationary bike with a with typically a girl. There are there are guy you know you know instructors as well yelling into their headset at you. Step back and take a look at what that is again. Okay, it's it's nonsense, and I was just. I was so out of place, it was unbelievable. I'm sitting there, and they're yelling to get up out of the saddle into whatever number position it is, and I just, I'm sitting there, head down, just like, just like pedaling. Just like, I'm just like, I know my limits. I know that I am going to collapse on this bike due to how hot it is in this goddamn room and how loud people are, or like the people around me are just not my scene, not my scene. So who knows if I'll ever go back to a spin class again. But that was part of the training that was just wild. It was so odd to me. The other part of training that was just crazy was it was middle of winter. Normally, the Boston Marathon is running in April. And this is middle of winter that we're training. So the cold, it didn't make for a fun time. Miserable. Again, miserable. Early mornings, late nights. It's pitch black. It's, it's dark. It's cold. I'm not training with anyone, unfortunately. So I was lonely. It was terrible out there. And the other part of, of training that really, you know, <laughs> makes me think about the experience in a whole other light is you need to have a fanny pack when you go on these long runs. You need to have so much stuff with you. The stuff I literally was, I had a belt on, a fanny pack belt with two water bottles in the back. I had goo, this goo that tasted disgusting. And I don't, they say, well, it's good, it's good sugar, it's lightweight, blah, blah, blah. Disgusting. I had pencil and paper in case I need to take any notes. I had bubble gum. I had my headphones. I had a credit card and my ID in case I got lost or wanted to stop at a bar. Uh, I had my house key so I could get back in at the end of my run. I had gloves just in case. I mean, I'm telling you, my fanny pack weighed five pounds. I was running the entire time with an extra five pounds on. Probably lost five pounds in the whole training aspect of it. But anyway, I was offsetting the weight I was losing with the fanny pack. <laughs> so I was offsetting the weight I lost with the fanny pack. <laughs> so all the training's done. All this three, four months training's done. And it gets you to the point of marathon day. Marathon day. It's just all the hype is there. All the hype is there. You're nervous. I'm excited. I'm emotional. You know, my family, my friends are going to be out there today. It's, uh, so many thoughts going through my head. as per usual. But marathon day, the weather was nuts. It was a typical New England day. Cold as hell, then hot as hell, and then a monsoon. <laughs> a typical New England day, right? Started out in the 30s and 40s, got up to 75 at its, at its peak, and then the skies opened up. So basically the first third of the marathon, freezing cold, Arctic tundra. You still have your layers on, and then the sun decided to come out and beat down on us on the asphalt. Hot. It got hot. We shredded all the layers. I'm now down to a tank top and shorts. And then the, and then the last third, a monsoon. If I ran it faster, I probably wouldn't have gone through all seasons. But again, not a qualifier. I'm just out there having a good time, raising money. The other part of it that it was just, to me, the, the experience is it's just a corrals. I could describe the day as corrals. Your life, you're basically cattle. You're livestock for the day. Go down to get the bus downtown at the Common to bring you out to Hopkinton. Corral. In a line. Waiting to get on the bus. 
bus is chuck full. Bus drives you to Athletes Village in Hopkinton, Massachusetts, 26 miles west. Corral. You get to the pre-corral to get to the post-corral to get to the porta potty corral. I'm then in the porta potty corral, and then from there I get to the go to the marathon start finish the start line corral. And sir, what corral are you in? It's supposed to be on your uh, corral number four. Well, you're not. You're in corral number two. Or now let's get you corral number four. I'm getting nauseous saying corral. So. You walk about two miles from the athlete's village. And meanwhile, this is about two hours. You're waiting here before my start time. My start time is finally at 11 a.m. Marathon, I think, starts with the with the, uh, the handicap, with the wheelchairs. I think they go at 7, maybe. It's early. It's early. It's now 11 a.m. The gun's not firing anymore. But it's about a mile and a half from the athlete's village to the start of the marathon line. Jeez. This isn't 26.2. This is 28 miles. You didn't tell me this. So the marathon starts, obviously I'm hype, I'm just running, I'm, I'm getting the crowd fired up, I'm asking for noise, I'm giving them the Hulk Hogan ear, I mean like, I'm wasting all my energy in the first few miles, getting the cra- trying to get the crowd fired up. And they were asleep, they were half asleep, I wasted all my energy on that crap. So the first 13 miles, the first half of the marathon was pretty uneventful. Felt good, felt great actually, but I get to the 13 mile mark and I gotta pee. I was like, you know, I'm not going to go four hours in this, four plus hours in this race that I'm going to run and, and not have to pee. So I go to the bathroom in the porter potty. Hot, it's 75 degrees, it's beaten down on this porter potty, and I'm in there now. You know, there's nothing worse than a hot day and you're in a porter potty, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Porter potty stink in general, not just uh, sensory wise, but they also are terrible. They stink, they're terrible. So I'm in the porter potty and I'm going to the bathroom. This is TMI, but I'm, I take a piss. My urine is brown. It's brown. I am. You know what that means, right? For those of you that aren't in the medical, that aren't don't know common sense, that's, I'm dehydrated. I am dehydrated as can be. Not good. Thirteen miles to go and I am dehydrated. I am just like, this is going to be a mental battle the entire way in. The entire way in. So the next 13 miles, if I could sum it up for you, it was 75% run, 25% walk. I walked quite a bit, uh, you know, a a bit, you know, half a mile here, half a mile there, just to try to make sure I wasn't overworking my body and having to go into one of the medical tents. Because I looked, I think from mile 17 onward, there's medical tents like every mile or every half mile. And boy, did I look at them. I looked at them. The reason why I looked away is because I saw Nina at mile 18, my grandmother. Nina's at the top of this hill in Newton. She's going, go in. They brought her out there. My aunt, uncle, aunt, uncle Lou, aunt Anita, they brought her out there for me to see. Nina, give her a hug, give her a kiss. Oh, my. I got the strength I need, baby. Thank you, Nina. Let's go. Let's go. So I'm, I'm going through the Newton Hills. I'm getting close to my house now. 53 Best Nut. If you don't know where the Casa is, I'm about a half mile from mile 22 on the route. Mile 21, 22. The crew is out. The crew is there to hype me up. I was so fired up to see them. It was unbelievable. I mean, just so memorable. I do the high five line down the way. They're, they're pouring. I got guys there that are doing shotgun and beers. They're funneling beers in front of me. I'm wishing at every point I was on the other side of the stanchion with them enjoying and boozing up, but I had a job to finish. 53 best not got me through it. They got me down. They got me on the turn to Beacon. I'm now on Beacon the last four miles, and 
I see Sean Boy. I see Cousin Sean Boy. He's getting me hyped. I see Matt Rice. I'm shouting out all my people that were there that day. I don't know if I said thank you after. I was so miserable. So I got to shout him out now. I get to mile 25 at Kenmore Square. I am now, I am laboring. I am, I am hurting. I am hurting. I am, just put me on a stretcher and take me to the finish line at this point. I had just met Rosie, my now executive producer and girlfriend of two plus years, two months prior to the marathon. So I met her in the middle of my training. How she's still with me to this day, I will never know after that. But during, she was at the marathon, not for me. She was there for a friend. But she, and if they're her friend finished and she was with a bunch of her college girls and guys. And they were there for this girl that finished two hours before me. So the fact that they were still out there, great. They were probably boozing it up, having a good time, no problem. Rosie made a sign. Everybody know this, the comedian Sebastian Maniscalco? Yeah. Okay. So she made a sign with him on it that says, you call that running? I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God. So her and her friends are screaming at me as I go by. I give them a little wave. I can't even muster a wave. I have no energy. But I muster a wave, and I keep going. I get down to Boylston Street, the final .6 miles. Mom, Dad, Janet, and Marie, they're all on the right side screaming, taking my picture. The skies at this point, they're all in ponchos. The skies at this point have opened up. The most refreshing rain I've ever felt. I'm running to the finish line. I cross it. Holy shit. I actually made it. I finished the Boston Marathon. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Uh, they give you the other medal. They give you the tinfoil thing to put on to keep you warm. Uh, and then from that, I'm just the post, the post race, another corral. They put me in another corral to the corral, to the post corral, the post corral to the, okay, you can exit from this place. Now from that corral, I went into a hotel lobby where I changed to try to get out of the clothes that I was in soaking wet, put on some dry clothes, called an Uber that was $60 to get back to Brighton. It's only three miles, four miles back to Brighton, $60. Thanks. Uber surge pricing. You bastards. And at that point, there's a party going at the 53 Best Nut Cruise back here boozing. I got my agent, Mikey, doing, you know, he's on the top of the table smashing beers on his head. And I'm just going, oh, this is the last place I want to be right now. So I lay on the couch. I look at the damage to my body. I've got two toenails missing. I am sore as can be. I mean, I am just, de my body's devastated. Absolutely devastated. Re let's fast forward a couple days. You know, I'd taken the next day off from work, thankfully. Fast forward a couple days. I am, I'm with Rosie. You know, we're going out, doing something, whatever. And she tells me, oh, Andrew, I got to tell you something about the race. And I was like, oh, okay, sure, tell me. She's like, literally when we saw you at mile 25, you looked dead inside. I will never forget her saying this to me. You looked dead inside. And I said, what? And she goes, you literally looked like you had no soul. You're, you were just gone. Your eyes were just... You looked at, lights on, nobody's home. Thanks, Rosie. That's, that should really sum up my, my memory, my, my marathon experience. Lights on, no one's home, miserable, but we did it for Metro Housing Boston. We did it for the homeless of Boston, the greater Boston area. Good luck to all the marathon runners this year. Nicole Yora, as I mentioned, shout out in Chicago. Have fun. For those of you that want to run a marathon, be prepared. I mean, obviously, I was not. As you heard, I mean, I just, you know, I could have, there's so many things I go back and do differently, but we did it. We hit a bucket list item. Uh, we finished the marathon. I hope you got a couple laughs out of that experience, but Apple podcast, Spotify, 
episode 20. Thank you so much for, for helping me get here. Merch is on the way. Listen, share, subscribe, and let's keep making the world a funnier place. Yeah.